Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we will be looking at the 1953 American animated musical fantasy adventure film, Peter Pan. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film or giving a bunch of behind-the-scene facts, but rather giving our overall impressions of the film and the songs from the film. We'll also be giving a score to the film and ranking the songs. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the episode. Peter Pan, produced by Walt Disney, is based on the play Peter Pan or the Boy Who Wouldn't Grow Up by J.M. Barry. It is the 14th film in the Disney animated canon and was originally released on February 5th, 1953 by RKO Pictures. Peter Pan is the final Disney animated feature released through RKO before Walt Disney's founding of his own distribution company, Buena Vista Film Distribution later, in 1953, after the film was released. Peter Pan is also the final Disney film in which all nine members of Disney's quote-unquote nine old men worked together as directing animators. They are Les Clark, Mark Davis, Ollie Johnston, Milt Call, Ward Campbell, Eric Larson, John Lounsbury, Wooly Reitherman, and Frank Thomas. Disney's Nine Old Men were Walt Disney uh, Productions' core animators, some of whom later became directors, who created some of Disney's most famous animated cartoons, from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves onward to The Rescuers, and were referred to as such by Walt Disney himself. They worked both in short films and feature films, Disney delegated more and more tasks to them in the animation department in the early 1950s when their interests expanded and diversified their scope. Eric Larson was the last to retire from Disney after his role as an animation consultant on The Great Mouse Detective in 1986. It's so funny, too, because there's a comic book animator named Eric Larson. And yeah. every time I, when I was making these notes, every time I saw that name, I was like, Eric Larson? No, like it can't, be, it can't possibly be the same one. It's not, but it, it just made me That's laugh. So yeah. All members of the group are now deceased and are acknowledged as Disney le- legends. In 1912, Frank Thomas's son, Theodore Thomas, produced a documentary featuring the children of the animators remembering their fathers, called Growing Up with Nine Old Men, and it is included in the Diamond Edition of the Peter Pan DVD. Peter Pan is also the second Disney animated film starring Catherine Beaumont, Heather Angel, and Bill Thompson after their roles in the animated feature Alice in Wonderland. The film was entered into the 1953 Cannes Film Festival, where Walt Disney was awarded the Legion of Honor Award, and that's honor spelt the British way with the U. Peter Pan was first released in theaters on February 5th, 1953. During the film's initial theatrical run, Peter Pan was released as a double feature with the True Life Adventures documentary short Bear Country. It was then re-released theatrically in 1958. 1969, 1976, 1982, and 1989. The film also had a special limited re-release at the Philadelphia Film Festival in 2003. It also played a limited engagement in 
A sequel, titled Return to Neverland, was released in 2002, and a series of direct-to-DVD prequels focusing on Tinkerbell began in 2008. A Disney Junior television series featuring some of the characters, Jake and the Neverland Pirates, premiered in 2011. While not a big hit at first, it is considered to be one of the most well-known Disney films of all time. Peter Pan was first released on North American VHS, Laserdisc, and Betamax in, in 1990, and UK VHS in 1993. The 45th anniversary limited edition of the film was released on March 3rd, 1998, as part of Walt Disney Masterpiece Collection. Peter Pan was released on DVD on November 23rd, 1999, as part of the Walt Disney Limited Edition, excuse me, Limited Issues series for a limited 60-day time before going into moratorium. Peter Pan was re-released as a special edition VHS and DVD in 2002 to promote the sequel Return to Neverland, the DVD was, an, was accompanied with a special f- uh, features including a making-of documentary, a sing-along, a storybook, and a still-frame gallery of production art. Disney released a two-disc Platinum Edition DVD of the film on March 6, 2007. A Blu-ray Diamond Edition was released February 5, 2013 to celebrate the movie's 60th anniversary. A DVD and digital copy Diamond Edition was also released on August 20th, 2013. Peter Pan was re-released in digital HD format on May 29th, 2018, and on Blu-ray on June 5th, 2018, as part of the Walt Disney Signature Collection line to celebrate the film's uh, 65th anniversary. Peter Pan has been criticized in recent decades for its broadly stereotypical treatment of the Indians. In the song, What Makes the Red Man Red, the Native Americans are called Injuns, and their skin color is attributed to blushing because of being kissed by women. Mark Davis, one of the supervising animators of the film, said in an interview years after the, after the production, I'm not sure we would, have done the in, we would have done the Indians if we were making the movie now, and if we... And if we had, we wouldn't have done them the way we did back then. The Native Americans were not included in the 2002 sequel, Return to Neverland, but they were included in the tie-in video game. In 2021, the film was one of several that Disney limited to viewers seven years and older on their streaming service on Disney+, citing depictions of Native American characters that were stereotypical and not authentic, and references to them as Redskins. In April of 2016, the Walt Disney Company announced that a live-action Peter Pan film was in development, with David Lowery serving as director, with a script he co-wrote with Toby Halbrooks. In In July of 2018, it was reported that the feature film would be released exclusively on the company's streaming service, Disney+. In January of 2020, casting was underway while the film was retitled to Peter Pan and Wendy. Joe Roth and Jim Whittaker will serve as producers. Principal photography was scheduled to commence on April 17, 2020 in Canada and in London. 
The filming was halted in March of 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Filming would later begin on March 16th, 2021 in Vancouver, Canada. The cast includes Alexander Maloney as Peter Pan, Evan, or excuse me, Ever Anderson as Wendy, Jude Law as Captain Hook, which I do look forward to seeing. Yeah, that, that sounds like it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, Yara Shadea as Tinkerbell. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. I know I'm going to screw this next one up, so I apologize in advance. Alyssa Wapentokhawk as Tiger Lily. I know I butcher your name. I apologize greatly. Jim Gaffigan as Mr. Schmee, another smart casting. Alan Tudyk as Mr. Darling. Molly Parker as Mrs. Darling. And Joshua Pickering and Jacob Jupe as John and Michael Darling, respectfully. Peter Pan and Wendy is scheduled to be released on Disney Plus in 2022. Now let's get back to the 1953 film. The budget for the movie was $4 million, or $42 million today. The box office was $87.4 million, or $920 million today. So, wow. Yeah, pretty Damn. nice. Yeah, nice turnaround there. It was directed by Hamilton Lusk, Clyde Giomini, and Wilfred Jackson. The story is by Milt uh, Banta, William Cottrell, Winston Hibbler, Bill Peet, Erdman Penner, Joe Rinaldi, Ted Sears, and Ralph Wright. It was produced, of course, by Walt Disney. The music is by Oliver Wallace. The production company was Walt Disney Productions. It was distributed by RKO Pictures, and the runtime is 77 minutes. The film stars Bobby Driscoll as Peter Pan, Catherine Beaumont as Wendy Darling, Paul Jacobs as John Darling, Tommy Lusk as Michael Darling, Bill Thompson as Mr. Schmee, Heather Angel as Mrs. Darling, Hans Conrad as Captain Hook and Mr. Darling, and it also features Mel Blanc as Nana. Even though Nana doesn't have lines, Mel Blanc did the, you know, dog sounds. Uh, He always, you know, at this time period, he he did every animal. Um, The film is narrated by Tom Conway. So let's dive into the film itself. I noticed that on Disney Plus, there is the 10 second warning about negative depictions and stereotypes. And in doing research for the film, I found out that early on, Peter Pan, Dumbo, and several other Disney classics were pulled from Disney Plus because of their problematic depictions of minorities. However, Disney ultimately decided to put them back up with the warning at the beginning of the movies. And I like that idea better than acting like they don't exist. No, that's, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I get why they were trying to figure out how to deal with it and didn't put them up immediately. Yeah. You know, I think we have to live with the fact that it was a different time. Right. Like, we've already discussed that I don't like Dumbo very much at all. Yeah. Because Dumbo was... Uh, I think Peter Pan at least has some redeeming qualities that yeah. don't make, doesn't make it as, like, uh, as Dumbo. I think Dumbo kind of lacks the kind of heart and spirit that Peter Pan has, despite its very negative depictions. Agreed. And I've also never seen, or I, I, I say this in my sum, in my overall score, but I've never read or seen the play Peter Pan, so I don't know how closely they followed that material as far as having quote-unquote Indians in it. Yeah. So, I, you know, it could be 1950s racism. It could have been uh, Barry's stuff from much earlier. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I actually forgot how bad the depiction of Indians was. Like, I remembered it being bad, 
But when I was watching this again, I was like, oh, I forgot just how bad it is. I feel like I never forget because yeah. I'm always at Disney World and mm. you always go on the Peter Pan ride and it's very obvious even on that ride that like... It was bad. It's, ba- it's bad yeah. juju. <laughs> like, yeah. like uh, it's not good at all, so... Yeah. Well, let's, let's move into the better stuff yeah. of the film. We have the opening credits with the song... Uh, the second star to the right, sung by the Judd Colon chorus and the Mellow Men. And I wrote probably, this is probably the best opening credits song of the classics that we've uh, seen so far. And I would personally enjoy a solo singer rather than a chorus, but I gave it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I agree with you. I can definitely would want it. I think a solo singer would be better, but it's definitely one of the better opening songs we've had. So 5 out of 10 as well. Okay. In the Edwardian London neighborhood of Bloomsbury, um, of Bloomsbury, George and Martha Darling's preparations to attend a party are disrupted by the antics of the boys, John and Michael, acting out a story about Peter Pan and the pirates that were told to them by their older sister, Wendy. And my note here, you know, there's a lot of antics going on. Mr. Darling knocks over the blocks that Nana had just finished putting back together. And I wrote down that Nana getting ticked off at George knocking over the building blocks actually made me laugh. Nana is such a good dog. Yeah. I, for, I, like, I forget Nana exists sometimes, and then I'm reminded of Nana, and I'm like, Nana, best dog. <laughs> you, know how I, you know how I said I want... Um, Figaro and Dinah to have adventures. Nana and Pluto, uh, yeah, Pluto should have adventures too. They should go around. Nana also needs some love. Agreed. Uh, Their father angrily declares that Wendy has gotten too old to continue staying in the nursery with them, and it is time for her to grow up, uh, much to everyone's shock. When George Darling begins to storm out of the room, he trips over Nana. And I wrote down, everyone freaking out that Wendy is going to get her own room. I mean... She is older than her brothers, and she's a girl. She probably should have her own room. What's so surprising, though, too, is, like, most girls in that situation be like, oh, yes, I'm getting my own room, finally. Like, well, like they're all like, oh, like, it's like the worst thing he could have said. Yeah, instead <laughs> like, of it being like, yeah. no, she should have her own room anyway. Yeah, it's not like he said, like, I'm going to send you to live with your aunt or something. Right, like, he's like, like, I'm sending you away. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're giving you your own room because you're a young woman. Yeah. Like, you're a young girl. Agreed. Uh, I did write, write down, though, I do have to agree with Wendy's uh, sentiment that she doesn't want to grow up. I, I agree with Throw you, Wendy. Me too. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, Wendy's the original millennial. <laughs> like, girl, me too. Yeah. None of us want to grow up. Um, so both Nana and George fall, but the rest of the family only comforts Nana. George is shocked and this causes Nana to be put in the doghouse. Nana is heartbroken as she never sleeps in the doghouse. George feels sympathy for Nana, but claims that the children are not puppies, and Nana is truly a dog. <laughs> you know, like, it, you gotta feel... I, I felt bad for George, because he, he trips and everything, and they're all like, <gasps> and they all run past him to get to Nana and see how she's doing. You know? Well, he, poor Nana. George. <laughs> <laughs> um... When, when, you know, you said you weren't going to curse on the Disney podcast. <laughs> too bad. <laughs> yeah. It's too right. bad. All right. Um, Justice for Nana. <laughs> okay. Uh, when George and Mary leave for the party, Mary asks if the children will be okay without Nana, because Wendy mentioned capturing Peter Pan's shadow the previous night at the window. George calls the whole thing ridiculous and tells his wife that she's as bad as the children are, 
and that it's no wonder that Wendy is getting crazy ideas. Do you think Mother has also seen Peter Pan before, and that's why Mother is like, no, 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 maybe we should be concerned. That is something, I forget... There's other medias or um, interpretations of Peter Pan where Wendy's mother, uh, Mary, like knew Peter Pan and went to Neverland too. And, so, and the end of this film implies that George went to Neverland as well. Like, it's like, you know, eh, I don't know. But that night, they are visited in the nursery by Peter Pan himself. Wendy is awakened when Peter is trying to get on, uh, get his shadow on. Wendy offers to sew it on for him as he was trying to reattach it with a bar of soap. And I wrote down, when we first see Peter Pan's face, illuminated by Tinkerbell's light, he looks creepy and evil. Do you think that was possibly done on purpose? Oh, probably. Mm. And also, Peter's ears. So he's an elf and not a human? I mean, that was my assumption as a kid, but, Mm. like, I feel like that's not what he's meant to be in, like, the actual stories, but I wouldn't know. I haven't read it the same way you have it. You know what? I work in a library. I'm just going to go pull it off a bookshelf next time I'm out. Yeah. I'm working. And we'll get back to you when we get to Return to Neverland about what Peter Pan's supposed to be. Um, Through conversation, Wendy learns that Peter likes to hear her stories. However, when Peter learns that she is to grow up the next day, Peter offers to take her to Neverland, where she would never grow up. There, she could be mother of the boys who live there. Wendy tries to kiss Peter out of her gratitude, but Tinkerbell, who is jealous, pulls Wendy's hair. By this time, Michael and John awaken and are allowed to go with them. And I wrote down Tinkerbell freaking out of, uh, at the idea of Wendy giving Peter a kiss also made me laugh. You know, a lot of the... I'll get to it later, but there's a lot of women that are really thirsty for Peter in this movie. <laughs> um... Peter then sprinkles the three with pixie dust, with pixie dust, and after a few false tries, they are able to fly by thinking of happy thoughts. And this leads to the song "You Can Fly," sung by Judd Nelson, the Judd Nelson chorus. No, nope. <laughs> the Judd, the Judd Colin chorus, and the Mellow Men. And I wrote down that it is one of the most memorable songs from the film, and just one of those Disney classics. Six point five out of ten. This is one of my favorite Disney songs. I was telling this to Jason earlier. I think this just reminds me of Disney World. This reminds me of Disney in general. Like, mm. you know, when you see, like, the magic of Disney. Like, this is just one of those songs. Yeah. It, I agree. Um, and I love it. I would give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, I said okay. it. <laughs> 9 out of 10. Very good. While flying to Neverland, Michael grabs Tinkerbell from the windowsill and pours some pixie dust on Nana on her back causing her to fly, you know, rear end first. (laughs) But she gets caught by the rope and waves goodbye to Michael as they fly away. And I wrote down that you already know I love seeing Nana wave goodbye to the kids. It's the same thing as Dinah in Alice in Wonderland. Like, it's just cute. so cute. Yeah. They land on one of Big Ben's clock arrows and showing Wendy the way to the second star to the right, and then Peter takes them to the island of Neverland. A ship of pirates is anchored off of Neverland, commanded by Captain Hook with his henchman, Mr. Shmee. Hook boldly, boldly plots out to take revenge upon Peter Pan for cutting off his hand. And this leads into the song, A Pirate's Life, sung by the Mellow Men. And I wrote down that it's just a few lines and it's fine. It's fine. Five out of ten. Yeah, I'd agree. Four out of ten. Kind of short, you know. Okay. 
Captain Hook laments Peter Pan's role in causing the tic, uh, in causing TikTok the crocodile to follow him. Due to Peter cutting off Hook's left hand and throwing it to the crocodile, TikTok found it so delicious he followed him everywhere for another taste. TikTok suddenly shows up next to the ship. Hook hears the clock ticking, and his eyebrows and pointed mustache begin twitching in rhythm. Uh, with the music, Never Smile at a Crocodile. Which, it's so funny, it is listed here as one of the songs, but the lyrics, like, no one actually sings the song in the film. Yeah, no. The lyrics came much later. The crocodile's eyes begin popping up to the tune, sending Hook into a panic. The crocodile then emerges from the water onto a rock, rubbing his belly and licking his lips, accompanied by a wide smile towards the captain. Hook then, then screams for Mr. Shmee to save him, and Shmee shoes off the crocodile. And I wrote down, there's something about the way that Hook screams Shmee and the crocodile that always cracked me up as a child, and it still makes me laugh today. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I love Shmee and I love croc- TikTok croc. I don't even know what it is, but it's just something that makes me laugh. I, I, I can't explain it. The crocodile then frowns and wiggles his tail to the uh, ticking clock while sulking away. The crew's relentlessness is interrupted by the arrival of Peter and the Darlings. The children easily evade them, and despite a trick by a jealous Tinkerbell to have Wendy killed, they meet up with the Lost Boys, six lads in animal costume pajamas who look to Peter as their leader. I actually forgot that they wear those animal costumes in the movie. Oh, see, I didn't remember that. I I remember that much. Hmm. Again, I I go on that stupid Peter Pan ride all the time at Disney, so like... (laughs) It's my uh, basic knowledge of Peter Pan. Also, I love that Tinkerbell's just like out here trying to murder Wendy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a Wendy bird. Shoot her down. And they're all like, oh, yeah, sure. Peter told us to do that. Let's do it. John and Michael set off with the Lost Boys to find the island's Indians who capture them, believing them responsible for taking the chief's daughter, Tiger Lily. And I wrote that this leads into the song Following the Leader, sung by Paul Collins, Tommy Lusk, and Cast. Again, another memorable song from the film in a Disney classic, 5 out of 10. And then I have a later note saying I was enjoying the song until the quote-unquote engines lines, and I forgot about those. Yeah, like, I would, again, they play the song sometimes in the parks, but they don't play the engine lines, mm-hmm. they just play... Following the leader, the leader, the leader. So you kind of forget the rest of the song. It's like, yeah. oh, that's catchy. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, ooh. Yeah. If anything, it made me uncomfortable that they play it in the park sometimes. I'm like, oh, oh, why do we do that? Yeah. And like, And I also wrote down that I really forgot about how bad the depictions of the Native Americans uh, were until we were watching this. Um, which, <sighs> if they were fantasy Indians, like I'm using quotation marks with my hands, even though the audience can't tell. Like, it, it it's just so bad because they're supposed to be Native American Indians. Yeah. Like if they if they were some like if you made them elves or something, it wouldn't be bad. You know, it's just a really bad depiction. Like I'm sure we'll get into it when like Pocahontas comes up. Like that's yeah. bad too, but like this is bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Peter takes Wendy to see the mermaids, where they see that Hook and Shmi have captured Tiger Lily to coerce her into revealing Peter's hideout. Peter du- duels Hook and has the crocodile chase him away. 
and I wrote down that these must be the thirstiest thirstiest mermaids I've ever seen. Like they're all just like, oh, Peter. Because <laughs> everybody, every woman in this goddamn place wants Peter. Yeah, which, what is he, like 12? Yeah. <laughs> maybe 13? Uh, like, oh. Well, I mean, if he's actually an elf or something, maybe he's like 300 years old. You know? True. I guess because time doesn't really pass at Neverland. I mean, Neverland, if we go it, back yeah. to like Once Upon a Time, technically Peter and that is very old. Well, that's I, I wrote down um, the Skull Rock and Once Upon a Time. I forgot that it was actually from this movie and thought that the show made it up. No, so when Skull it, Rock is a yeah, location. Yeah, when it po- well, it's been so long since I've seen this. When I, when I saw it, I was like, oh my god, it's actually from the movie it's not from once upon a time yeah as peter crows in triumph wendy reminds him of tiger lily and he rescues the princess peter is honored by the tribe eventually wendy tells her brothers and the lost boys about the real world and having a mother at which peter believes they are uh leaving to grow up and never to come back so i have here the song um I guess I screwed up my notes here a little bit, but the first song is What Makes the Red Man Red, and it is sung by Candy Candido and the Mellow Men, and my note is, oh boy, the most infamous song from the film. Sadly, it has a good beat, but I can't get past the lyrics and the idea behind the song, and I gave it a 2 out of 10. Yeah, 2 out of 10 as well. It's just, it's an uncomfortable song. And the only good part of the scene is where Tiger Lily rubs noses with Peter and Wendy gets jealous. Yeah, that's right. Wendy gets to be jealous now. Yeah, Yeah. I guess I should... uh, No, I'll just keep going. Meanwhile, Hook plots to take advantage of Tinkerbell's jealousy of Wendy, tricking her into revealing the location of Peter's lair. And then I wrote this down back at Pan's hideout. When the Lost Boys and the Darlings return, Wendy prepares the Lost Boys for bed, and sings a song to them, convincing them to leave for home at once. And the song is Your Mother and Mine, and it is sung by Catherine Beaumont. And in my opinion, this is actually the best song of the film. It's short and sweet, but actually made me uh, feel emotional. And heck, even the pirates choked up at it, and we see Shmi's mother tattoo. (laughs) I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I I would agree. This is a really nice song. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, The pirates lie in wait and capture the Lost Boys and the Darlings as they exit, leaving behind a a time bomb to kill Peter. Back at the ship, the pirates try to convince the Lost Boys to join Captain Hook's crew or be forced to walk the plank. They are successful in their efforts until Wendy stops them from joining. And the song here is the elegant Captain Hook, sung by uh, Hans Kornrid, Bill Thompson, and the Mellow Men. And I wrote down that it's nothing special, just okay, 5 out of 10. Yeah, that's about the same 5 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, your average Disney song. Okay. Tinkerbell learns of the plot just in time to snatch the bomb from Peter as it explodes. However, although Peter survives the explosion, Tinkerbell is fatally injured in the now-ruined hangman's tree. Peter tries to find and rescue Tinkerbell while debris falls in the process. As he sees her light, however, more debris falls on Peter off-screen. Peter then rescues Tinkerbell from the rubble, and together they confront the pirates, releasing the chil- uh, yeah, releasing the children before they can be forced to walk the plank. Peter engages Hook in single combat, while the children fight off the crew, and Peter humiliates the captain. Peter fights Hook in a final showdown until the pirate begs for mercy. 
Peter then allows Hook to leave and never return. And I wrote down that the crocodile uh, slapping around to all the kids singing that Hook is a codfish, uh, that chorus, it made me crack up. (laughs) TikTok Croc is such a good character. Yeah, he's, he's very funny. And then Peter crows and Hook lunges at him from behind. Wendy warns Peter and he ducks, while Captain Hook falls into the water below where the crocodile is waiting. Hook and his crew flee with the crocodile in hot pursuit. Peter gallantly commandeers the deserted ship, and with the aid of Tinkerbell's pixie dust, flies it to London with the children aboard. Mr. and Mrs. Darling return home from the party to find Wendy, not in her bed, but sleeping at the, at the open window. John and Michael are asleep in their beds. Wendy wakes and excitingly, excitingly tells about their adventures. The parents look out the window and sees what appears to be a pirate ship in the clouds. Mr. Darling, who has softened his position about Wendy staying in the nursery, recognizes it from his own childhood and realizes that some childhood fantasies may be real after all. The family all watch happily as, it, uh, as the ship breaks up into the clouds itself. And I have here the song You Can Fly, Reprisal, sung by the Judd Colin chorus and the Mellow Men, and I wrote that it's short and a good way to end the movie, 6 out of 10. Uh, you already know I love this song, so yeah. 7 out of 10. All right. I just think it's interesting that the parents at the end are basically like, ah, oh, yes! We yeah. too remember this. Yeah. Like, as in they, like, forgot or, like, just thought they had imagined all of it. Yeah, they put away their childish things, but had <laughs> it brought back out for a moment. You know, it's it's funny, too. I Like I said before, I never read the original play, but I, from just cultural osmosis, I think Peter Pan was a way to explain um, how children, like, sudden infant death syndrome, SIDS, like, Peter took them to Neverland and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I could be mistaken about that, because, like I said, I've never seen the play, but... Um, I know just culturally that's one of the things that people use to explain SIDS. Anything else you'd like to say or should we go into our overall scores? No, we can go to overall scores. Okay. So I wrote down that I'm mixed about this one. Overall, I enjoyed this movie. It was something I grew up watching multiple times as a child. And it is closer to what I think of when I think of a Disney movie rather than the earlier ones that we've watched. The songs are mostly enjoyable and the animation is done very well. I wouldn't be surprised to see an animated movie come out today that, uh, that looks similar to this, although it would have brighter colors today than this film had. However, I just cannot get past the depiction of Native Americans in this film. While most minorities have had a history of negative depictions in film, none is great as the Native Americans, and this one is particularly awful. I've never seen or read Barry's original play, so I don't know how faithfully it was followed, or it followed that, or if it was just people at Disney making terrible decisions. And I hope that in the live-action remake, they do something very different than what was done here, and I'm sure that they will. I would give the movie an 8 out of 10, but because of the treatment of Native Americans, I have to bump it down to a 6 out of 10. You know, just because you mentioned it, I would assume that in the live-action remake, the Native Americans are going to be completely cut. Well, they're having Tiger Lily in it. Yeah, but, you know, they might play that. So You know how you're talking about, like, if it was a fantasy something? Yeah. Maybe they'll play, they'll play that as more, like, fantasy, like an elf named yeah. Tiger Lily. Which would also fit, to be honest, if you were going more so with, like, fantasy elements versus sticking with the Native American. Agreed. Well, even, 
in, I'm not not to but even in this film there's a part where I believe John refers to them as aborigines yeah which is a much looser term and I think a less offensive term to use yeah um I could be wrong about that but I was like you know even if they referred to them that way it would have been better than calling them Indians and the red man and everything like that I could be wrong because I know aborigine more so refers to the Australian natives but um again another country where there were people living and then people from England showed up and said no this this is ours now (laughs) yeah but you said I I definitely this was not one of my favorite movies growing up I will say that I'm not I have no real like Mm. pull to this movie I do love so you can apply but other than that there's no real like Cold to this movie. I don't love it. I don't hate it. So a six out of ten. Just it's got those bad depictions. It's you're right. It's definitely what you think of more so as a Disney movie compared to a lot of the other things we've already talked about. But mm-hmm. uh, it just it doesn't do it doesn't do it well. Right. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to say or? No, I think we're good. Okay. This has been the Once Again Podcast. Any questions, comments, or critique can be addressed to our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on our social media accounts, Once Again Pod, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. If you'd like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. As always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. And remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you. Stiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description.